fun and games. We got everything you want, honey. We know. So I don't be racist, but green people are the worst. They're, yes. They are. Well, my my grandmother was accidentally racist. I don't think she meant to be this way. All grandparents but she, are racist. She was, uh, you know, she had issues with the brown people and the yellow people, and she would specifically call them out uh, the red people, which I assume were Martians or, uh, you know, perhaps Indians. The proper term is Indian. Indians. Um, but yes, no. So she had much in the way of of great down home American racism. It was uh, really inspiring. So I have things for you. That's a grandparents. That's yes. our grandparents' role. What do you got? Uh, these are the postcard rewards oh, from the awesome. That's uh, the wonderful art of Skipper Richard Wallace. Yeah, I don't know him. Uh, do I know him? Yeah, you you don't know him. Well, you you may have been on his boat at some point, but uh, very tall chap. Great work. That's awesome. That's cool. That's that's mine. That's uh, one of my two pieces in there. Uh huh. I like how we're discussing visual things on a podcast. That's yes. always quality entertainment. Yeah, I put it on. Oh, that's great. The Mermaids is yeah, great. Yeah. These are all fantastic. That's the uh, cat box ghost. That's so smart. And then this is my uh, my other piece of art that I did. Nice. That's uh, inspired by the uh, Bruce Lee t-shirt from uh, Iron Man. Uh-huh. So that's that's Yeah, for oh yeah. And then... Uh, for me? Yeah, those... Wow. And then... Cool, thank you. Here is a... Uh, a lot of these are going up in my office. Just so you know. Oh, is your, the game? That's the game. That's oh, a copy awesome. for you, too. That's, really? Uh, you got the damaged one, so... Hey, I'll take it. There was one that got beat up I'm a little bit. I'm the damaged bit. one. But, uh... Yeah, no, I... My, um... My girls like playing Jungle Rummy. Yep. Yeah. So this is the, uh, the green-skinned cannibal. Of course, I like how... We joke about how we're not going to have any problems with noise, and then there's a cement mixer directly right behind, behind us. us, so... Uh, but yes, that's uh, the racist green-skinned cannibal. All right. That's, uh, but, uh, it kind of looks like the first down from Bewitched. <laughs> it has that It has that right? tie to it. So that's our uh, hero of our story, Gary London. The artwork is so great. Thanks a lot, Truck. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, actually, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. Tons of good levels and things like that. Good audio quality. So, uh, yes, as, the, as we moved inside the... The reaction shot. What do you think of the the stuffs? Love it. Love the game. Yeah. Okay. So this right here would be the bratwurst. Awesome. And this awesome. over here is the Polish. Great. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Yeah. Enjoy. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So love, love so, the instruction booklet too. It's classy. Uh, I am a classy bitch. Right. Uh, That's a word in the street. Yeah. So you might not know Grant Bachoko who. Uh, Grant, Grant was mid-90s. Okay. Um, I think 96 or 97 he left. He now does the... He works for the Henson Company and does their podcast. And was uh, was chairing up the um, the new Muppet Improv show in Vegas. I didn't know there was a Muppet Improv yeah, show. it lasted about like a month and a half, and then they pulled the plug on it. Huh. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll intro it and do a loop on the front of it, but the, the, okay. reason, the reason why we're sitting down... Professor David Marley. That's right. Uh, is that uh, you have a holiday uh, gift item that is perfect for everyone to uh, give to their thousands of admiring friends and family for the holiday season, which is your book Skipper Stories. And I thought uh, That's right. I thought we should talk about Let's it because uh, yeah, I want to uh, I want to whore this baby out to everyone as as much as I possibly huh. can. 
Sounds uh, like a plan. Yes. So tell me, uh, first of all, uh, did you just pick a middle name for the book, or is it one you've had before? What middle name? John. Is, that, is it something you've had your whole life, or did you just pick one random no, name for the book? I, no, or? my parents you know, gave that to me. It's, oddly enough, there's another historian named David Marley. Oh, so you had to make sure you were... Yeah. And so he started going by David F. Marley, so I, um, I put my middle name in there. Yeah, he writes about pirates. I don't yeah. write about pirates. Yeah, I'm over in Adventureland. I guess he's in <laughs> New Orleans Square, which may be merged at some. At, uh, I hear that there may be some realignment of the uh, yeah, because the because Star Wars land, Fantasyland, over to uh, yeah, they got Big Thunder because that makes sense. So, uh, I don't know. Not my problem. Yep. Yeah, we're gone, so we don't have to worry about that stuff. <laughs> uh, we can just document it on the. Uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of nice because I feel like you and I are the the uh, preeminent jungle documentarians. Right. So, how, how many people did you interview for your book? By the way, which is uh, amazing cover art by the incredibly talented uh, Trevor Kelly. Right. Yeah, Trevor's amazing. Um, I don't even remember how many people I interviewed. Twenty-five, maybe thirty. No, as many as thirty, maybe twenty-five. Um, and I have more interviews that I didn't have time to transcribe and get in there mm-hmm. before they, the publisher wanted it out. But there's going to be two more volumes, so that's going to be exciting. But. I was able to get people from every era, which is nice. Yeah. Who did you get early on? Because I know we have a lot of overlap for people that we've... The one, the one I got overlapped is the one I stole from you, the William Asa, the mm-hmm. opening day skipper. Yep. I took stuff from your, your podcast from that. And all the rest, I had um, Alan Coates, who was there in the early 60s, son of Claude Coates. Yep. Um, that was a lot, he was a lot of fun to interview. Got some guys, a lot of guys from the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, got, there's a lot of that mid. I mean, it was it was a really. Um, it's interesting. The thing that I found in doing my interviews, and maybe you know we can speak of this and to this, is that it's amazing how much things have stayed the same for as much as everything has changed. Right. Um, you know, I, I've said this multiple times that you know you'll have people who will say, oh, I just thought it was really great, you know, like re- recent skippers. I thought it was a really amazing joke, and no one has ever told it before, and it's so fantastic. And then, you know, I talked to someone from the, the 90s who says, oh, yeah, when I was there, I came up with this really great joke that no one had ever heard before. Yeah. And then I talked to a guy from the 60s who, you know, totally had the exact mm-hmm. same joke. So it's uh, there really is not much new under the sun when it comes to these things. No. Uh, but it really, I mean, fundamentally, there, there really hasn't been a lot that has changed other than, you know... Some tightening and loosening of this. What, I mean, what was what was the impression? What was it that you took away from looking back as a sixty-year overview on the on the entirety of the ride? Was that uh, it's changed a lot and it hasn't changed a lot. Like the attraction itself has gone through a lot of changes, but the skippers haven't really changed mm-hmm. as much as you would think. Yeah. And the the big commonalities they really see it as more of a more of a group than any other attraction I've seen. Yeah. Like they see working at Jungle as something very specific and very special, and there's a there's a camaraderie is the big word. Yeah. Do do you think that it's my five dollar word? Yeah, I mean, do you think it's uh, as far as attractions? I mean, they always have things that, that modify. I mean, do you think that they're? Uh, I mean, the, but the piranhas were the last big show scene change, and then Jingle, mm-hmm. which I wrote Jingle on Monday, and I I had a great time with it. I rode with an old '90s skipper who had not ridden it before, and mm-hmm. who came in with a horrible. Our disposition about mm-hmm. it, and how dare they? And this is terrible. And then got off the ride and said that was really great, and she was funny, and this is good. So I was able to find out that it's bringing people back to jungle. 
people that hadn't ridden the ride in years yep. go on it because of Jingle Cruise, and then they want to see it once it's over. They want to yep. see what the ride is like without it. So that's kind of a cool thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to pause it for a few minutes while we eat? Is that sure. Easier? Yeah. Sure, if you want to. All right. Game on. Uh, cars. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So back to the book, since we had our uncomfortable pause to have food. Yes. Um, so, you know, the looking at an attraction like this, um, I mean, what was the – when you were – Thinking about the book and putting things together was was your goal to see it uh, as an overview, see it through the skipper's eyes, see it you know on a historical level. I mean, what was the what was the foundation of, of how you were writing the book? Um, my overall goal was or thought that was that every skipper had a story, mm-hmm. and so I outlined a bunch of different chapters of what I figured I was going to find, different topics and different things people would want to address, mm-hmm. and then I added dropping ended up dropping a couple of those and adding about maybe five or six more. I just kind of let it grow organically as we went sure. as we went by, which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. There were some areas. There was actually two chapters that I took out. My, I might put in a later book because they're just. I figured there'd be stuff and there really wasn't anything. Yeah, um, not a lot of stuff. But it was kind of neat. I kind of let it grow organically. Yeah, yeah. And I would interview people from different eras, and then that would lead to me meeting other people and mm-hmm. getting more information and. And uh, being able to sketch out its history when events happened and when things started when they didn't start and yeah it was a yeah. lot of fun so yeah it seems like the you know the the chapter basis uh, kind of works well for compartmentalizing I mean it's, you mm-hmm. know, yeah but yeah. Un- unlike what I do which is each person gets their own story exactly time. Um, it's a very different when you're doing a book and you have to you know captivate someone's attention without your voice. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to you have that you know writing skills. I don't have. I'm not a. I'm not a writer. I love to write. Yeah. But I would I would go through and transcribe every interview, and then break it up into little sections and see where it would go. And I had one chapter where I just threw all the leftovers, mm-hmm. and then I realized it was a chapter that was bigger than all. Like, it would be the size of three or four of these chapters. Yeah. And uh, I organized it into like 16 different compartments. And I brought it. I'm teaching an advanced historical thinking class this semester at Cal State mm-hmm. Fullerton. So I walked in and I put it on the board. I said, "All right, turn these into two good chapters." Mm-hmm. And the class went through the topics and helped arrange them and did a great job. And so that became. So you were cra- you were cra- you were crowdsourcing your uh, your I, work. I was. I, I was. I applaud and, your uh, ingenuity and in, in creative laziness. And I thanked them for it. I think I thanked all my students, but specifically that class for helping yeah. me with it. And I would get to class early and read. Read sections of it and get their feedback on it. That was a lot of fun. So comparing this to the, to the first book uh, that mm-hmm. you wrote, uh, which is still available on Amazon for a penny, for a penny, break it out. It was it was twenty five cents. It was it was. So, um, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I mean it's the obviously it's a subject you love with Chuck yeah. Cruz. Um, how how long did it take you from inception to? Because I know we talked about this a year and a half ago. Two yeah. years ago. That's about, uh, about a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in that ballpark. And um, I was working on some other projects. So I hope, I'm hoping to have another one out for next Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've already, well, I already have some interviews from the last one that I didn't get for this book. Sure. And then I'll have a bunch more. Uh, the second book might be all about Florida, the second or third book. Mm-hmm. One of them is going to be all about Walt Disney World in Florida. One's going to have stuff from Hong Kong and Japan and right. and a lot more from Disneyland. I, I, I was, I was uh, quite upset when I went to Disneyland Paris this summer. <clears throat> I, I asked every cast mm-hmm. member there where the Jungle Cruise was and could not find it. I was very uh, – yeah. they really hid it. They, they, yeah, no one's been able to find it. Yeah. 
there's a park outside of Paris somewhere that has. Mm-hmm. It's like, like a knockoff jungle. Group. Yeah, yep. a really badly done knockoff. I uh, I actually had uh, iPhone video that I re- I recorded like ten or fifteen mm-hmm. cast members in Paris. And ask them where their jungle cruise was because I thought that'll be viral. Yeah. That'll be a fun thing. And then yeah. the sadness of it, and when they didn't even know what it was. Really? Yeah, they had no clue what the jungle cruise was. Wow. And I just I imagine that if they had put a jungle cruise into Paris, that it would be a guy standing at the front of the boat, chain smoking, and you know, yeah, deriding everything. Yeah, it's all nothingness and meaninglessness. <laughs> the Star Trek cruise. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I don't want to spoil. You know any of the amazing stories inside the book, but let's spoil a few of the amazing stories inside the let's book. Do it. What What were some of the things that came out of it that you were either particularly surprised by, or just really fun, engaging stories that will make people want to buy the book? I was surprised by um, how creative most skippers were coming up with material, like jokes they would come up with, some stuff that was like legitimately original. Mm-hmm. You and I have kind of heard everything. Yeah. But to hear people, they're like, okay, I've never heard of that one before. Some brand new thing. Yeah. And about skippers pulling pranks out in the jungle. And about how common that was for decades. Yeah. And how much fun people had. And how they felt like they had better ownership of the attraction. Mm-hmm. Because they knew it so well. Because they were out there all the time. Well, and do you think that's... I mean, you and I have been around the theme parks. You were 90... 96 and 90, then yeah. uh, 2000s. Came back yeah. in 2000. Um, yeah, actually, you would have worked with the person I had. Uh, I had... Um, Lunch with them, and I'll talk about that later. Um, You know, what is it that's changed? Because there was a real sea change in cast member energy, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and not jungle in particular. I think jungle is is a bubble. I think jungle is exempt from a lot of this. But when you look at ODV, or you look at routes, or you look at so many of these attractions and so many of the things in the park mm-hmm. uh, I think there's been a real sea change with with the energy and the the love for the I mean do you do you see that I mean from mm-hmm. when you globally mm-hmm. look back at I mean what, what do you think the changes are that have on a global scale that have hit the park in the you know, going outside of the jungle bubble a little bit but it's a lot it's a lot more corporate now and has been yeah I saw that from some of the earlier skippers that it was more family and that they were working with the guys that Walt Disney had hired you know, Ron Dominguez and stuff like that. So they'd see him and in, 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 um, in Van France walking around Disneyland. And so it had more of a family kind of atmosphere yeah. that you don't see anymore. Although now it's more professional yeah. and some things are better run and safer. Um, but it kind of lost that kind of homey feeling. So is, I mean, are they, is Disney just a victim of its own success? On some some level, I mean, yeah, and it's because because I mean, like uh, Dave Koenig's uh, newest. Have you read People versus Disney? Oh yeah, oh I love it. Uh, I love that of, book. Yeah, it's an amazing book. Uh, Dave Koenig, who wrote the Mouse Tales books, just to, in case people don't know, um, wrote a book last year called The People versus Disneyland. It was all about all the Disneyland lawsuits. Yeah, and the first one was on day two. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, it was right there because a little girl on Autopia got rear-ended and there was no cover on the steering wheel and she yep. split her head open. I can sum up the book for you yep. in a single sentence. Yes. Ready? Here it goes. Yes. Sorry, David. Here it is. Walt Disney builds an amazing place that is instantly ruined by humans. Yep. That's what it is. <laughs> it's, it makes you want to punch every, every guest that walks into Disneyland reading yeah. that book because people were just looking for things to sue about. Yeah. And then it makes them get stricter and stricter and stricter. They have a whole new quote-unquote safety initiative um, that they watch people... I've heard it from a bunch of skippers that are there now, 
where things like going on safari will instantly get you fired because that's a safety violation. Mm -hmm. And they've made pretty much anything, they've covered it under the umbrella of safety, and it's a great way to destroy any... I mean, you, you don't get paid a lot to work at Disneyland. So part of the fun is you're working with fun people and you're doing a fun job, and it looks like they're trying to ruin that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Make it make it less fun to be there. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's that, you know, fun leads to horseplay, and mm-hmm. that leads to yeah lawsuits. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, and and that's you know the I've got to think that out of that ticket price between L and I and lawyers and settlements and you know all the things that come out of it there's got to be a good percentage of that that ticket price is going to pay for the legal support and the safety yeah. measures and all the things that go into the park and once again I, I, love, I love being safe not getting hit in the head with the, by the Columbia it's a great thing I'm really happy it's, it's about a, that that's very good yeah. uh, you know that I can go on rides and, and uh, not be, die yes not die not dying is high on my list of yeah. things that uh, uh, that I go through the day but you know it's um, you know, it's gonna, I think jungle's a bubble because you're out there on your own without anyone else. Yeah, and so, it's very safe. Yeah, it's a very safe place. Yeah, it's uh, we're not hitting, we're hitting those top speeds of you know eight miles an hour. Right. Uh, so it's a very different way of of engaging that. Yeah. Yeah. So and guests get wet; they don't get hurt. Yeah, very rarely. Well, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. I saw a few guests get hurt. Yeah. But I saw, I saw some really bad, stupid people. But there was always their stupid faults. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And that's what David King's book is all about, is yeah. people just being stupid yeah. and not using their brains. Yeah. And for yeah. some reason, they make that Disney's fault, and then yeah. Disney has to change well, how they do things. It's yeah, just I mean, sad. It's, it's this, you know, it's this, the, 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 the fairy dust, they think it's, you know, has mm-hmm. a magical protective quality that keeps you from... Yeah, yeah. So. And, uh, no, yeah and I was going to say, it makes it less fun to work there and to yeah. go there. Yeah. If they're always concerned about every single little thing. Well, and on that scale, they have to watch costs, which means they keep their wages low, which mm-hmm. means they, they will use any excuse to rotate out people who've been there long enough that they're actually making a living. That's, uh, that's one of the bigger changes that I saw. People that I interviewed worked there for years, mm-hmm. and now the turnover is amazing. Yeah. It's, it's uh, very, very foods, fast. Foods is 300% a year. Wow. And they're okay with it because there's always new 18-year-olds yep. looking for a job at Disneyland. Oh, absolutely. And there are people who've been there forever, but they rotate people. And, and Because, look, you can go to In-N-Out and make 12 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13 now. They raise mm-hmm. the, the uh, yeah. In-N-Out's minimum wage is 3 bucks higher than the state minimum wage. Yeah. That's why I'm leaving my uh, job teaching. They need a job at In-N-Out Burger. Yeah. Well, you know, this it's, it pays better. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can get uh, napkins cut, covered in cheese. Animal-style napkins. Right. Yeah. So. And pink lemonade. Yeah. Cal State Florida doesn't have pink lemonade. What, what else do you need? Nope. Um, so, I mean, what... I don't even know what, you know, the balance is, the, you know, where you get where you can get that, you know, happy mm-hmm. employee balance. But, I mean, it definitely is a shift, even from when I was there. I mean, I was 01 to 08. Mm-hmm. And in that time that I was there, I watched... I think the 50th was the big... For me, was the big siege. was a big tilting point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it, the park got a huge infusion of cash. And they started doing things like painting mm-hmm. uh, and repairing monorail uh, trestles and things mm-hmm. that you would, you know, replacing light bulbs again. Yeah. Um, and I think with that came a different accountability mm-hmm. and different, you know, ways that management was thinking about interacting. Mm-hmm. And we saw it with managers. The, the managers who were uh, more likable and who would, you know, they were out the door. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the management, I, I, it's one of the things I, you touched on for, the, for your book mm-hmm. is that the jungle story is in some parts the management story. Yeah, it's a story about their 
constant battle against management and management's desire to kind of control it and how they kind of got control of it. Yeah. And how there were there were leads that came in kind of after our era that were much more focused on moving up in the company. Yeah. And so Jungle was just another place to work for them. And you saw managers who were more focused on micromanaging what was going on there. Mm-hmm. And mix that with the turnover, and it's really easy to kill yeah. the culture. Yeah. Uh, my students that I have at Fuller now that are skippers were stunned at the stuff we used to do and what we used to get away with. And um, the past couple times I've been to Disneyland, I've been surprised. I'll ride Jungle three or four times, and they're all so similar. Yeah. So very similar. Well, and I think the, what's happened is, is that there's... Because there's less ability to go off script... Uh, I mean, part of that's if you're there longer, you know how to do it. Yeah, exactly. If, if, if you're short turnaround... It's easy for them to say, "Don't go off script," because you're only going to be there for six months or a year, or you know, yeah. you know, get you know, six months and you're off to thunder or trains or whatever, and you're really yeah. not. You don't have the the high seniority culture where you people are there day in day out, yeah. improvising and you know, really testing you know what they can do. Mm-hmm. So if you're a kid who's coming in who's going to you know been who's been there two or three months, of course you're not going to go off script because there's no examples of anyone else doing it. Exactly, exactly. It's it's really easy to present it as a negative. Yep. Where when we were there. Nobody was on script. Yeah. At least, right? There was the pressure not to yeah. be on script. Well, and I think... To be original and funny. And I think the reason why... So so now you have this this thing where they still want to get the laughs. Mm-hmm. They still want to have that, that feedback loop with the guests. So everyone picks the jokes that work. That mm-hmm. are the safe, 100%, mm-hmm. uh, lowest common denominator jokes. Yeah. Um, and you get occasionally people who will, you know, pull a smart thing and, and really, you know, work it. But, uh, you know, you get your O2Hs and, you know, your mm-hmm. uh, just the things that, that have become kind of doing it by rote without having it be. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's uh, there's a lot of Thomas Kincaid's and very few Picassos. Yeah. And there's, a, that, that's well said. Yeah. There's no, you can tell there's virtually no improvisational work going on. Yeah. There's no follow-up on jokes. They kind of do yeah. that joke and then they move on. Yeah, yeah. There's no callbacks. No, no callbacks. You remember? I mean, you remember the 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 era of uh, Taste Like Chicken, mm-hmm. uh, which was you know the uh, most overdone callback joke that was ever mm-hmm. at Jungle. But you'd have you know people who would uh, ignore the rule of three and thought the rule of six was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just take that joke and just hammer that damn thing into the better ground. Better than six is the rule of fourteen. Yeah. That's, that's even better. Yeah. Yes, the more uh, every scene. The 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 more uh, the more you can you can push a joke, the better it exactly. is. Exactly. So um. But then every once in a while, I hear a good joke. I hear something that mm-hmm, I hadn't mm-hmm. heard before. Uh, Jingle Cruise, I heard things, uh, you know. Usually, when I've been, I hear jokes. They're all jokes that we know. They're, they're just delivered really well. Yeah. So, all right, that was a new delivery on a very old joke. Yeah. But I very rarely hear new stuff. And I've had good talks with my students who yep. work there now about it. And some of them are just terrified. And a couple of them want to work their way up to be managers. And they, yep. they won't do anything that would rock the boat and that's if I can here's my, my big here's your big um, your big takeaway sound bite. your big plug thank you that's the word yes the big sound bite this is, why, this is why I'm a podcaster and you write books that's right because you, you can google what words are yep I can sit there going oh for <laughs> hey, 10 minutes that? ah. that, that's not exciting podcasting listen to me grunt for 10 minutes that that's what's going to kill Disneyland and that's what's going to kill Disney yep. uh, historically speaking in the lo- decades from now is that they get so controlled about their image and about what's allowed to say is that they destroy any creativity. Yep. And once you've kind of extinguished it, and well, from a manager's point of view, you want to extinguish it because that's less guest complaints. Yep. But creativity on a cast member's 
um, side of it is their joy. Yeah. It's, it's the thing that keeps the job different. And yes. what, what's going to happen is you're always going to have this monstrous turnaround because people want to work at Disneyland because it's a cool place to work. Yeah. And you're always going to have a pool in Orange County of people who want to work there. There's always more 18-year-olds. Yeah. It's, you, know, it's, you can churn them in and churn them out. So you're going to have a uh, – it's like the rose-colored glasses, but they're gray-colored glasses. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a dimmer, you know, mm-hmm. more bland yeah. uh, experience, but it's still going to – be there. Yeah. It's just not going to uh, because you know when I when I was doing Disney University. Mm-hmm. Love Disney University. It was one of my favorite things I ever did at Disneyland. I, cool. I a year there Brent Malone and I were uh-huh. in the, uh, the the training program up there together. Oh, cool. Great time. Um, we encourage people to improvise. We encourage people to go out and make magic. We mm-hmm. encourage mm-hmm. people to stop and talk to kids and say stupid silly things and you know make the guest day. That's what I think is missing. Yeah. I mean, that's I, I look around now and I don't see that there's any uh, in, any uh, initiative and there's no reason for it. There's mm-hmm. no reason for people to do that. And that's that's what the park was. The park was people going out of their way to do amazing things. Yeah. Whether it was Jungle Cruise or something else. Yeah. And that, that's where I see. I mean, and that's just a bitch about Disney. Look, they're doing there's some great things. Uh, you know, Disney's a great place, but it definitely is a different animal than when we were. You know. Yeah, and it already changed a lot. Yeah. From uh, the, I would like to have gone back in the seventies and eighties. Oh yeah. And worked there just from all the stories in my book. It was oh, amazing. I mean, uh, the kind of fun they would have, look, and the stuff uh, they would do. Yeah, and, Kevin Cavanaugh, and uh-huh. look, I would have loved to go on, on Don Bob's boat. Right. I, I would. I would have given my. You know, yeah. He he. Uh, talking to him was one of my favorite interviews yeah. of, of all time. Oh, cool. Uh, Guy had amazing stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, his, his family like knew the Van Dyke family personally, and mm-hmm. you know he tells stories on the, the podcast about you know meeting Annette Funicello and his his in, yeah. in 1955 he's nine years old and Walt gives his family a private tour of Disneyland on a rainy day. Yeah, you know it's pretty cool. Actually, you know what I would love to do? I'd love to have a time machine and go back to three or four days before Walt died and uh, put him in a hoodie and jeans and take him to the park today and uh, put it on a podcast and see what he thinks. I think that would be. Because I'm, I'm tired of other people saying what would Walt do or what would Walt think. Mm-hmm. I want to know. Yeah. I would love to know what his opinion is. I think he'd be really happy with it. Yeah. I think – I actually think if Walt had lived longer, the park would be radically different. Yeah. It kind of – some parts got frozen in time. Mm-hmm. And they're not allowed to change because that's the way they were when Walt was there. Yeah. Where he would have torn everything out and, and added it with the newest technology and newest stuff. So – I don't like because, yeah, because he was a businessman. People forget. I mean, there's this mythology of Walt, but he was a businessman. He, yeah. He wanted to make money. And he was creative. Yeah. And I, I, read, I forget who the guys were, um, but one of the books I was reading about Walt Disney, um, this one businessman said he hated working for the Disney brothers mm-hmm. because they always took their profits and dumped it back in that stupid park, was his quote. <laughs> you know, you've got to take the profits and buy something. Yeah. But they would just reinvest it. And I think that's um, there never would have been a, like a downtime where they weren't changing light bulbs and whatnot. Yeah, that Walt would have changed everything. Yeah. there would have been three new Tomorrowlands as opposed to the same one that's been there. Since I, I love forever. I love Discoveryland in, in Paris. Yeah, I, I would love because that was yeah. That I mean, look, that's I think Tomorrowland is an impossible uh, long term concept. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we're always in tomorrow. I mean, it, you know, we're in a point where technology today we're not. Is, yeah, but no, no, we're already in tomorrow. Yeah, that's true. Um, but you know, Monday was was Walt's 115th birthday, mm-hmm. and as I like to tell people all the time, if Walt Disney was still alive, he'd be dead by now. Yeah. So, take that. Yeah. Cigarettes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, as we're wrapping up, 
you know, just like kind of the the, the book stuff because I want to make sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, where can people find your lovely book? They can find it on, on Amazon.com. Yeah, which way do you make the most money on it? If they find me on the street, buy yes, a copy of me. The yes. I will sell you a copy. I think that's what gets me the most money. I don't really know. Um, have, I didn't get into this for the money, so no, no, no. we'll find out. But, but I would like to have make. I would like to make a lot of money from yeah. it. That would certainly make it worthwhile well, if it paid for the time I spent driving and researching and interviewing. Yeah, I, don't, I don't do this for money. I do it. Well, the trick here's a, a pointer. Uh, when I was interviewing people for my book, I would usually take money out of their wallet oh. when they weren't looking. So there's oh yeah, that's a good source. Of that's fantastic income. So and I'm, I'm hoping that none of <laughs> none of them uh, listen to this podcast. <laughs> Oh, your, your honor, we have him no. confessing on uh, on audio. So, yeah, I, if I... Uh, crap. Okay, yeah. Yep, that's done. Uh, yeah, so Amazon.com. Um, yeah, and we'll have... Uh, and the book is called Skipper Stories. Skipper Stories, Two Tales from Disneyland's Jungle Cruise. I, I'm very amused at all of the uh, reviews and write-ups and things I've seen online that mm-hmm. uh, they, they always lead with the same... Uh, tagline, which is uh, Skipper Story is Tales from the Jungle Cruise, C R U I S E. And I'm just like going, give me a nickel every time someone <laughs> says that. They, um, they just did the big D23 thing in Orlando and the oh, yeah. Destination Disney or whatever it was. And uh, the Jungle Cruise panel was called Tales from the Jungle Cruise. I saw that. Uh, and everyone got in touch with me and said, Are, they, are you going out there? Or are you going to be speaking? And uh, I would, no. 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 I would love to. Me neither. I would love to. Yeah. I mean, I actually, I mean, look, we've, we've stayed uh, more to the, the spirit than most podcasts do. Yeah? Like, yeah. yeah, I don't think we, we don't cross over the line. We don't, you know. Yeah. We get grumpy occasionally with, you know, sad cast members, but we don't, you know, we don't, we keep the magic alive. Yeah. That was the other cool thing about this book, was that I didn't have some people who maybe left the park angry, but their time at the Jungle Cruise was like, uh, these other things were bad, but Jungle was heaven. Yeah. You didn't, so, you, you didn't interview, interview John Patrick, did you? No. Yeah. Uh, that, that would change that entire okay. perspective. Because he, he, is, he is angry and uh, has stayed angry. Wow. Yeah. At Jungle. Great guy. But angry at everything. Jungle didn't do anything to anybody. Yeah. Um, but it's, that's the nice thing about it. Like, my first book was on the Christian right. And I would finish working and just be angry. And the people were angry. And everything was angry. Yeah. And this is just fun yeah. and awesome. And that's why I liked it. Every interview, I would leave happy. Yeah. That was how I, you know, I've described... People ask me how it was to work at Disney, mm-hmm. and uh, you can steal this for your next book. All right. Um, I, I said it's the, it done. the only job that I've ever had where I left at the end of the day with a bigger smile than when I came into work. Oh, yeah. It was the only thing I've ever done that I can say I was happier at the end of doing it. Yeah. Uh, because most jobs, no. Barnes & Noble, you know, any, any other stuff that I've done. Yeah. You know, I would go home, and I'd always have something. But working at Disney was always... Yeah. Especially in the summer, you come home bone tired oh and God, yeah. hot and sweaty, and yet, yeah, I would always have a million stories to tell my wife. Yep. Yeah, about yeah. the funny things and, that had gone and on. And some of them were related to the jungle. Some of them and, did. And not, not about why you were late for so long or had exactly. the lipstick on your uh, collar. Exactly, or... exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to getting a copy, and it's on my Christmas. I'm, I have a feeling my wife is getting it for me for Christmas. Awesome. So. Uh, other cool Disney merchandise, they, they have Jungle Cruise socks. At the park right now, everyone should go yeah. in and buy them. They're amazing. Cal got me a pair. Buy, buy Jungle Cruise stuff. I have to hide uh, them from my daughters. Uh, we just uh, we just designed the new a new shirt uh, for the website. Uh, I don't know that I can do this without goofing my thing. I'll show you okay. afterwards. But we have a uh, uh, Rosita's parrot tacos. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you know, because we always wonder what happened to Rosita. She mm-hmm. opened up a taco stand. Yeah. All right then. So because it you know we're not going to have one in every corner, sadly. <laughs> 
right? You could um, have. Yes. So uh, the other uh, the other big thing to talk about besides I could go on. Look, I, you and I could mm. talk jungle mm-hmm. for six years worth of podcasts, right? Uh, there's something else you do, jungle related. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any news on what's going on with that that I should communicate to people to keep their eyes open for some skipper stand up? Hopefully something soon. Okay. Nothing to announce yet. Okay. Um, we're looking, hopefully, to go back to the Bray Improv soon. Yeah, in early 2017. Okay. I'll yeah. make sure I keep on. Yeah. It really, uh, it's something I'm, I'm hoping to do. But the problem is, is that we were hoping it was going to be a fall show. So I spent all summer writing jokes that were topical to fall. So I have a lot of great Halloween material. Cool. It's, think of so, it as good practice. It, <laughs> see? It's, yeah. good, it's good practice. Yeah. So. And it'll be good next fall. Yes. See? Just cycle it. There's exactly. Save those note cards. Exactly. I mean, I wasn't thrilled about Hillary Clinton, but I had so many Clinton jokes just ready. Yeah. Take out of storage. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Stick them back. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it, it is a little bit uh, tougher with, uh, with Orange Cosby in the White House. Yeah, I call them uh, tiny hands. Tiny, uh, tiny uh, hands. My favorite is uh, Orange Julius Caesar. <laughs> That's good. It's That's funny because it's true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Politics are. Right? It has drained all the joy out of, out of being funny. Yeah, uh, it's really hard to be to be comedic uh, when this is going on. Well, and it's and I'll address this because it's I, I, I was going to do it during the, the intro, but uh, so we have had a very the longest lapse between episodes that we've ever had, which is almost three months. Uh, we had a cease and desist letter that I am legally not allowed to talk about, but I'll just talk about on the show uh, briefly, which was not from Disney. Uh, but we had something else we had to, for 60 days, we were legally unable to publish any new content related to the podcast. Uh, we've resolved it. It didn't cost me any money. I just had to go back and change some episodes and re-edit them and take some things out. Um, but that's, that was a big part of it. And then during that time, as I was trying to line up, I didn't know whether I could keep on doing the show. So a lot of you know appointments and tapings mm-hmm. and just kind of fell through the cracks and then i discovered something that i don't know if you've noticed this in your research uh, mm. skippers are flaky as hell yeah uh what other characteristics when you were looking at like this pool of people what other things did you notice other than uh that we both are doing things that market to people who notoriously have little money yeah that's a big issue and like booze yeah like the liquor lots of alcohol right we're very we're very sad clowns yeah we are we are right uh, but what else I mean, what else did you i mean obviously very creative and intelligent yeah i say amazingly creative yeah that it was that, that some of them went to jungle cruise just to kind of work on their skills like their speaking skills and their comedy skills because they already had other goals, yeah. performance or WDI or otherwise. And it's so weird that you don't know which you know chicken or egg with the jungle, whether it was mm-hmm. people are attracted there because they were funny or people got funny while they were... I mean, it's a little both, I'm sure. It is but, both. Yeah. Uh, I interviewed some skippers um, that didn't want to do public speak. A couple of them almost quit because they didn't want to work jungle. They didn't want to talk in front of people. And I never would have known it. Yeah. A couple of them that I knew, and they were just so personable and lively, but they just... Yeah, the jungle brought that out of them. Yeah. Which I think is cool. Well, I'm I'm super stoked for the book. I, Thank I, you. I wanted to make uh, you're one of the few people I've done a second uh, interview yes. with. Uh, you, I think it's you and Mike Robles are the. All right. Mike's doing a third one at some point. Oh, cool. He has a new baby and has to be on the podcast. Right. It's got a, a lot of jungle babies this last year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's there's, a, there's four or five. There's new, a lot of little kids out there. Yeah. Yeah. Who will someday grow up to be jungle cruise skippers. My daughters want to work there. Yep. Yep. I will get you so, some uh, future Jungle Cruise Skipper T-shirts. I have, them, I have them in my store. Right. Awesome. So you got a lot of cool stuff in that store. Yeah. Well, and it's not just me. There's uh, there's lots of artists that Whoever contributed. It, it's cool. Yeah. There's a lot of people who've who've contributed art to it over the mm-hmm. the couple of years we've had the T-shirts for sale. Cool. So we have a new uh, Jungle Cruise uh, Jungle Skipper in the Krispy Kreme logo. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. It's in that font, so it looks like uh-huh. a Krispy Kreme uh-huh. logo, so that's kind of cool. Fun. That's cool. Uh, no, I'm, so yeah, so like I said, uh, go find it on Amazon, people. Uh, we are still taping. We are still recording. And I have uh, a whole stack of new people that we are lining up, so there will be lots and lots of good... Uh, good things coming so thanks for sticking with us for the three months we weren't around and yeah uh, go buy David Marley's book got please it. I got children yeah yeah enjoy so, it so for people who like children and want to support what if people hate children so buy the really, book anyway and then I'll spend it on me okay so just put that in your order at Amazon they'll, yeah, put they'll, it on the notes they'll, they'll get the word they will get the word to me so please spend this money on yourself and I will be more it would be very so. yeah very easy switch to flip for you for spending money on yourself. Very easy. Oh yeah. Because yeah. after working jungle for so long and being a te- and being a professor, you're not used to that. No, <laughs> having no. money is not something not, that's, uh, not something I'm used to at all. Yeah. No. No. All right. Sadly. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thanks and, for having uh, me. I'm sure we'll do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Next year for the next book. All right. Kungaloosh, everyone.